Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Experience Rum and Q's award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, and seasonings. Absolutely perfect for any occasion. This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. the Saturday session with Rum and Q. My name is Daniel McCarty. Grant Elliott is here. We take you through to one o'clock. Better late than never. The deal. Excellent listening. Uh, Louis fronting that. Hope you enjoy it and hope you have uh, far greater a sense of that uh, you know historic deal that was announced uh, during the week. So it's back to us. Sorry to let you down, listeners. Well, I mean, you're pretty fizzed, aren't you? Because last night you were at a discotheque. Oh, mate, I was, I was raging last night. Yeah, appearance... Discotheque, or was it for the no, kids? No, no, it was, it was for a kindergarten. Oh, for the kids. How good. Is that more oh, for the good. parents than for the kids? Well, there was a lot of parents who uh, had their heads in their phones for, for you know, I, I, I don't know, watching the clock to for 6.30 to come around when clean-up was supposed to start. Was it quite funny when you looked on the dance floor and you looked at your son or your daughter and they had the same dance moves as either the <laughs> mum or dad? Because I, I noticed that with one of my children. <laughs> It's the same dance moves, and I was like, "Oh no!" Oh, that's a good—that's a good sign if they play cricket longer term. They'll be able to hit inside and out quite nicely, won't they? Maybe, maybe one shot. What, what, what are your dance moves? <laughs> I've just got the one finger up and just the, just the point, really. <laughs> oh, really? Might do a sort of Alan Shearer. Might do a little squat drop or the, whatever you want to call it. The, the sort of Alan yeah, Shearer, Shearer, the Alan yeah. Shearer dance move. Yeah. The, the one hand up. Fantastic. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Our number is 0800 You can text us on the Temper Bed Post text machine, double eight double three. If you want to join the show, uh, please do. Probably now is your best chance. Uh, it's a truncated show. We'll try and squeeze in all the things uh, that we like to do. We'll try and get in as many as possible, including hearing from you. We absolutely love it and adore it. Uh, feel free to jump on board and uh, talk some sport with us, though. But at the top of the hour, um, let's uh, give you the very latest in sports headlines. The Highlanders have kept their Super Rugby uh, Pacific season alive and given Aaron Smith a dream to need him farewell with a dramatic 35 points to 30 win over the Reds at Forsyth Bar Stadium. Um, that's you'd, you'd, That one? I think you need that that one. Oh, anyway, so, so we're just having mouse issues, Grant. Trying to steal my mouse. Leave my mouse alone. <laughs> Slap your hand. Uh, where was I? Yeah, great farewell for Aaron Smith and Dunedin. Dramatic 35-30 win over the Reds at Forsyth Bar. Down 28-30. Uh, to 30, Down by two, basically. Uh, in the final seconds, replacement halfback uh, for Fakatava stole the show for the Southerners, giving an eye to the franchise's future on a night that said goodbye to one of their greats. Uh, the victory moves the Highlanders, importantly, into the eight 
uh, the top eight on the Super Rugby table. Leapfrogging the, the force in the final playoff spot. The force who were firmly in the mix heading into this weekend. More on um, who was in the mix later on the show. Uh, heading into this uh, final fortnight, were hammered. They laid a turd against uh, the Rebels. <laughs> uh, they were thumped by 52 points to 14 in Melbourne. And seeing with rugby, former All Blacks prop and Blue Centurion John Arfoa has signed with the Crusaders for the remainder of the Super Rugby season. Uh, the Crusaders have been hit particularly hard up front, losing four props to season-ending injuries, including All Blacks Joe Moody, George Bauer, uh, Fletcher Newell, Finlay Brewis, uh, also done. It's understood uh, Fowler could play, what, today against the Waratahs? Wow, I wonder what? where he was when he got the phone call. But how, but how very crusaders. During the week, they found Ruben O'Neill, who's a, who was once in an all-black squad, just available. Uh, they, brought, they brought him in. And now they've got John Arfawa, who I, I, I keep throwing out the stat. I'm absolutely sure this is a stat, but I'm not sure this is a stat. He's the only New Zealander to play over 500 first-class games. Oh, wow. He's played a lot of footy. So he's just like, oh, okay, I'll just turn. Yeah, why not? I'll rack up another one. I'll go join the Crusaders. I'm picturing him in jandals just at home on the deck, just at a barbecue, just chilling. And then suddenly he gets the phone call. Are you keen to play for the Crusaders? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? This weekend? Yeah, no worries. I'll turn out for that. But that is a thumping, 52-14 between the force and the Rebels. But what a, what a finish it was. The thing that surprised me about the Highlanders was Aaron Smith was off the field in the last year. I mean, but, it would have been yeah. nice to have been on the field. They replace halfbacks, though, don't they? Yeah. yeah. That's sort of how they go. And uh, lastly, to the NRL, we turned with last night four tries to the Eels. Uh, has seen them uh, beat the Cowboys by 24 points to 16. Uh, High-scoring second half. It was uh, locked up at uh, six apiece. But Sivo Russell and Moses, uh, Mitchell Moses' try coming in the 78th minute uh, to uh, make sure of the victory uh, as the, uh, the, Hellboy, uh, the Cowboys the Cowboys were clipping at their heels. So there you have it, the very latest in sports headlines. Uh, we are now six minutes after 11 o'clock. 0800 150 is our number. You can text us on double eight double three if you so please. Good week, son. Yeah, it has been a good week. Oh, it's a great week. You're still kind of in the English Premier League. And, and your Everton fan club? Is, oh. is, your supporters club, has it got bigger? Well, I mean, I got a few WhatsApps from everyone at the station going, hey, there's an Everton you know, fan club on Facebook. Maybe you should reach out to them. And we did, we did manage to find one or two people. And um, I believe that we've actually got later on in the show, I think we've got an ex-Everton player that we might be interviewing, which is, uh, which is exciting. But, yeah, one more game to go, and we're just one point shy of relegation. So, you know, as an Everton fan, you're always on the edge, always on the edge. And I am still searching for any Everton fans. So if there are any Everton fans out there that want to join this club that I've got going with Tim, Richie, and Tom, um, just throw, throw it out there, double eight, double three, text me. And I'll add you to our our group of four. It's just sad. It's just sad. Well, how many have you got in your Liverpool group? <laughs> well, I don't need it, mate. I don't need it. I, I don't need it. That's true, because you always see, you know, everyone that just joins the, the Liverpool train. Yeah. There's always a Liverpool fan around the corner, but Everton fans are like leopards. <laughs> we, we are actually going to catch up with a former Everton player 
Grant Elliott. We'll be joined by former Everton player, the well-travelled Brett Angel, who these days uh, has been uh, domiciled in New Zealand, has been coaching up in the Hawks Bay for a long, long time. Uh, we'll catch up with him about playing for Everton, and will Everton get out? Uh, the, the English Premier League uh, decided at the top, the Champions League places uh, decided. But, but the beauty, and I must admit, I, I get way too much enjoyment out of see, seeing teams relegated out of, out of competition. <laughs> Promotion relegation is kind of, is an, is an amazing part of football around the world, and you know, we, we lack it. The NRL doesn't have it. Uh, Super Rugby doesn't have it. Yeah, why the A-League doesn't have it. I, I know the A-League, there's a bit of talk about it, you know, some iteration of it happening in the past, but promotion relegation, it, it just adds so much, doesn't it? You know, seeing teams absolutely, you know, losing their minds at finishing 17th. It's the emotions. Ah. It's the emotions of it, isn't it? Like, you think of the Pakistan cricket fans at a World Cup when they get knocked out. I almost think football fans... When there's a promotion relegation game, the emotions are just running so high they can't control them, and that it's that emotions and that, that the passion that goes with supporting a team. And yes, there is a lot of passion towards my team Everton, and there's a little bit of nerves going into this weekend. But what a what a draw that was against Wolves, in the 99th minute. 99th minutes. Uh, I'd like to know how high how high are the heart rates of Highlanders fans? How high are your heart rates? What what a game of footy that was last night. Um, stolen at the very death in, in true dramatic fashion. Islanders will reload. Fakatava goes for the short side. Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. Uh, brilliant, brilliant uh, end of the game. Uh, you know, down 14-0. The Reds scored arguably try of the season uh, on about 10 or 11 minutes. So I'd like to know uh, how the Highlanders fans are feeling out there. Uh, the heart rate. Has the heart rate come down or is it still a little bit high? 0800-150-811. You can text us on double eight double three. That try that you're talking about, the handling skills of all those players, it would have gone through probably eight players' hands. Uh, that was incredible. The little backhander and then... The, the confidence of just the one-hand pickup from the rugby player. I, I say rugby player because I always think the cricketers are quite good with their hands, but rugby players, they need to be almost go through those drills of, of handling the ball. And um, that little one-hand pickup and the backhander going to the try line, unbelievable. And for Aaron Smith, it was just a brilliant way to finish. You can't choose how you finish your career. For a team or your, your tenure with a team, but Aaron Smith would have been first. Another party at Tony Brown's house. <laughs> uh, so if you watch that, uh, your thoughts on 0800 you could text us on double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Uh, we will uh, welcome in some knowledgeable people along the way, as we mentioned, Brett Angel to talk about uh, the EPL battle, playing for Rivers and all that sort of uh, thing. Uh, Tony Kemp's going to join us from Napier. Um, they're bathing in um, you know NRL's glow at the moment. Uh, Napier with the Warriors taking on um, the Brisbane Foles, shall I call them the Foles? There's, a, there's a, some, some big names missing from the Brisbane Broncos. Wonderful opportunity for the Warriors uh, on two, two fronts. Um, Warriors um, off the bye. Uh, the Broncos on a bit of a downward slide, you would say, on, in recent weeks. They've also got some key players missing due to rep um, uh, duties. And this is just a really important couple of months for the Warriors overall, I, I would say, um, you know, ha- having looked at the draw, and, and I've been laboring this point, much to the annoyance of, um, you know, some Warriors fans out there, that the draw has, you know, you could argue been reasonably favourable, but but I sense the next 
six, eight weeks, hugely important. You've got rep duties, so teams are going to be depleted. And it's a wonderful time to take on top uh, eight sides. And guess what? The next three games are against top eight sides. In fact, I think in the next eight games, six sides are currently in the top eight. It's now or never for the Warriors. Um, keeping head above water, if you can do well in that period, you've got a very nice sort of run home. And you could be sitting incredibly pretty. Well, it's what, we, like, what I've learned from NRL, and we spoke about last week, is just health of the players. How healthy you keep your squad, injuries. You look at the Crusaders, you spoke about the injuries to the Crusaders squad. And if you can keep a healthy squad, well, that last run home, you can get a little bit of momentum. So is this going to be the year? I'm sure the Warriors fans, they can feel it. G'day, Zade. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Uh, good, uh, good morning, boys. Um, pretty, pretty pumped for tonight's game um, in the uh, garden. Uh, Blues versus Canes, uh, big match. All the stakes on it. Blues looking for a home quarterfinal. Um, and also the Canes are looking for a home quarterfinal. But either way, whatever happens, it looks like the Blues and the Canes will meet each other in the quarterfinals the way it's currently looking. With a table four versus five, if they don't, if both teams don't change positions, they probably will meet in the quarterfinal. But I'm, um, I'm interested with this Blues team. Um, you know, Harry Plummer's at 10. Um, at a, is probably um, biggest ever game at 10. I mean, he's, he's got Perifeta to um, come on if he has a real shocker early. I guess they could always shank him off. But um, I hope, hope that isn't needed. They're lucky that Perifeta's back this weekend. Um, I think Barrett, a bit of an injury, but they've also used his rest week, so it's not too bad. And um, I'm really interested to see Bryce Heeman, Rico, um, also link up together. And, um, yeah, gr- good to have Nepo and Big Offer back. So I'm looking forward to tonight's game. And, um, yeah, can't yeah, it's a huge game, isn't it, Zade? Yeah, yeah. It's a huge okay. game. And, and speaking of huge, that, that uh, Blues four-pack looks pretty gnarly. So you've got the Blues winning tonight. Then they take on the Highlanders next week. They win that. Uh, I think there's a real opportunity for uh, the Blues to finish ahead of the Brumbies, right? If they win both those games, do the Brumbies beat the Chiefs this weekend? I don't know. They haven't They haven't lost in Canberra yet, but I don't know. Uh, the, 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 or the last time... The um, I saw the Chiefs and Aussie. They didn't do too well against the Waratahs. Remember, they only just won their game, and then they had that slip up against the Reds. So I don't know. Maybe the Brumbies might beat them tonight. Um, they've got all their Wallabies back. So I, I, I would like to see. And I, I obviously don't like the Chiefs at all, being from Auckland. So uh, yeah, but um, <laughs> I'm sure the yeah, feeling is I, mutual. I think the Canes will give us a big good fight tonight. It will be a t- very tight game. I'm thinking maybe for your punters, maybe once to twelve or. Or it will at least be that if the Blues do win, or either the Canes will win one to twelve. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be a, um, a hammering for either team. Will be very tight. I know the Canes have got back Geordie Barrett and Ardy. I'm but but scared about that and Lockie back. So they're three big players back that they didn't have against the Chiefs, and that um, Josh Morby's got a bit of gas. So it's going to be a good game. It will be good. Excellent, so, I yeah, do appreciate it. Um, hopefully, the thanks, mate. Oh eight hundred one five. Thanks, buddy. You have a great weekend. 0800 150 811 8833 back after this. Rum NQ award winning rubs, sauces, and seasonings. 0800 150 811. G'day, John. Thanks for holding through the break. Do appreciate that. Hey, John. Yeah, so the Blues and the um, Hurricanes have played 39 times. Today will be the 40th, 40th occasion. Mm-hmm. Have a guess who's won more? Um, I know the answer to this. So I'll I'll, say the Crusaders. Well, have have won the most games between the Blues and the Hurricanes. Oh, sorry. 
John. Sorry, I'm drifting. I'm drifting. I, I, it has to be. It has to be the Blues. Um, actually, it's nineteen all in one day. Oh, is it? Yeah, nineteen all with oh. one draw. If so I'm I wasn't, not mistaken. So I wasn't wrong. But I well, wasn't you weren't right. wrong because neither neither so team had won more. You, well, if you're not right, you're generally wrong. <laughs> Isn't that how it works in your world, John? If you're wrong, if you're not right, you you tend to be wrong. So who's going to win tonight? Or are you telling me there's going to be another draw? Well, it could be, mate. You know, these two teams are very, very similar. I mean, um, the Blues and the Hurricanes traditionally like to play the ball out wide, score tries. Um, they're a little bit different to the Chiefs and the Crusaders in terms of um, how they like to play. Um, I'm a Blues man. I'm, I'm here in Auckland. I think the Blues will win. But then again, you know, the Hurricanes could win. It could go either way. I don't hear a lot of conviction. I don't hear a lot of conviction. You, you there, don't sound confident, I don't, I don't John. hear a lot of conviction in John. And John knows the game well. well John knows the game well. Well, Bowden Barrett's out, mate. But then again, you know, the Hurricanes don't really have an established first five. They have the young, young bloke there, Morgan, who's playing well. But... um. Yeah, well, Harry Connors, Harry Connors been in the team for years. But um, for the Hurricanes fans in Wellington, you know, you might just want to tune in. But the Warriors are playing at the same time, mate. Who do we choose to watch? You have to, you have to dual screen it, mate. You'll have to dual screen it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, um, just before I go, big, big shout out to Aaron Smith. You know what a player. Yeah. What a Zealander. Mm-hmm. Um, the first Indigenous New Zealander to have 100 test caps in international rugby. So that's no easy feat. Um, also, he's probably the most cap islander. And he'll go... Yeah, down, I think he is. Yeah, and he'll go down as our best number nine. Sorry, Marcy, but he will. He will come. Oh, brilliant stuff. Good on you, John. Really appreciate you calling in. Thanks so much. 0800-150-811. Mike's text on the Temper Bedpost text machine. It says, Mike, come on, Everton. Yes. And then I think there's four emojis, but they've come up as question marks. Okay, so, Mike, you need to actually text in to see if you're in this club. Yeah, I'd like to know. Is that... Are you avoiding the question? And uh, my question of, do you want to be in the Everton Supporters Club, which is Grant Elliott is the owner. We've got Tim, who loves his DIY on a Saturday. Richie. Uh, uh, very regular texter um, and engager and listener of this, and Peter, who's a banker. So, Mike, tell us who you are, what you do. I'd love to add you to our group, which would now be the Everton Supporters Club of Five. Five. And, and be warned, Mike, uh, Grant might just randomly call you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's doing to people on the Supporters Things Club. Things get weird really quickly. G'day, Bruce. I know you're not part of the Everton Supporters Club and probably never will be. Welcome to the show. Um. I'm sorry, Grant. I learned. I fell in love with big league soccer back in the '70s, and um, Liverpool, John Barnes, and all that. Oh, Rollinson, oh. Henson, Grobola, all those guys. <laughs> Sammy Lee, oh. Kenny Dalglish. Oh, Soonis goes on and on. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but respect for Everton, mate. And uh, oh, thanks, you know, Bruce. I hope they stay up. Yeah. No. But so then, does Daniel McCarty. He's a Liverpool fan as well. So, I mean, you know, Bruce, it's been a long, long, long 20, 40 years of, uh, of supporting Everton. And uh, every year I'm like, we're either mid-table or we're avoiding relegation. But this year is particularly exciting because I know that Daniel, along with many other people, want Everton to go down. They want them relegated. Oh, that, that's 
That's harsh, Daniel. <laughs> well, actually, Bruce, I'm torn on it. I'll be honest. I'm a little bit torn. I, I don't know why, if, you know, I, I feel the pain of clubs when they get relegated. Uh, you know, Everton has essentially been in the top flight of English football, you know, for eons. I think there was a little period in the 60s yeah. when they went down, maybe the 50s, and that was about it. But because I work with the guy next to me, I, and I've got quite a few Everton mates, Bruce, what you, I, I feel for them, Bruce. Anyway, Bruce, we're, we're, I feel like we're directing you um, down a conversation where it should be you directing us. I what do you want, want to talk about? On another day, I'd love to discuss, discuss um, the lack of no salary cap in the EPL and how, how um, teams can buy amazing players. But we'll go there another day. Hey, um, great, great. Oh, I must say, John Arfoa, yeah. Fancy pulling him out of the the backlocks of somewhere. <laughs> 39 years he, young. Incredible he, um, career he's had. He played for Auckland in 2002. Incredible. I was going to say. What? Yeah. He retired in 2011, I think. That that World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> well, from I'm international footy. Yes. From the All Blacks. <laughs> from the All Blacks. Yeah. So I, I even think, I have a feeling he, he even got, I'm sure he got played hooker. I'm sure, I seem to remember something about that. He's quite a versatile guy. Do you think that gives me a bit of hope, Bruce? Do you think I might get a, a call up? Oh, I'm 44. Hope, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, John has been playing has been playing as long as um, Brittany and Justin have been broken up. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you bring it? Like I wouldn't even know that. Oh, I, know. I, I just uh, I would have thought that was your thing. You know, Michael Jackson was alive and hanging babies off, off, off <laughs> out of hotel windows. <laughs> I, I just want to pay huge um, acclaim to two of the Smiths. Obviously, um, Alan yes. Smith last night, out, absolutely outstanding. And um, he good on him on holding it together. It's pretty emotional um, uh, last game down there. And hopefully he gets to play a couple more. Um, but how about the professor? He's not retired. No, no, it's great to have him back. Yeah. That yeah, really good acknowledgement, me, Bruce. That gives me hope. He is amazing. Excellent. Hey, we've got to move on, I'm Bruce. Do appreciate it, mate. Oh, you cleaned <laughs> the barbecue. What a good man. My, Get some rum and cue on there. Points. Get some brownie points and use some rum and cue. Then use some rum and cue award-winning rubs, sauces, and seasonings. <laughs> that's a great little. That's a great little plug. Good day, Steve. Uh, morning, Dan McCarty. How are you, buddy? Oh, I am very good. What a hello, Steve. Oh, Mr. Harris, it's a treat yeah. to hear your voice. Hello, you too, Grant. How are you, buddy? Um, just a good, couple of little quick tidbits before I get on to, to my point. Just wanna, just wanna uh, present thoughts to the Dixon family. Um, is Sam, was Sam the same boy that played for the New Zealand Sevens as well? Oh, you got me there. I'll, I'll bow down to the oh, ever-knowing okay. audience who can text in and confirm that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure it's the same fellow, but, you know, hey, re- regardless, man, um, that age is, is, is just far too young. Um, that's the first thing. Second thing is I'll, I'll keep the Otago theme going. Um, man, um, incredible news to have John Leslie appointed as the head coach for the for the Taniwha this year. I've heard some really, really good things about him, and I know that his mentors are both uh, Tony Brown and J- Jamie Joseph, and if that's who your mentors are, boy, that's not a bad thing. Um, third point is just pertaining to last night's game. Listen, great to see Nagy go out as a, as a winner, but... 
boy, if you were looking at that game in a, through through the red red lens, there was a boy, an incident leading up to a try where I actually thought to us maybe a knock-on and a forward pass, and it's something that still frustrates me about this game that we can we can actually find foul play, but it seems like the TMO can't find maybe a, a knock-on and a, and a forward pass, guys. Um, it, it, it really is frustrating. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I get that. They're, they're fundamentals, aren't they, uh, Steve, as far as uh, yep. officiating, you would think. Uh, and you're right. If, it, if that was the case, they were missed. Um, there's reason to be angry with that. Yeah, I, I mean... You know, you know, Steve, the technology in sport now, it's just like, how much do we use it? That's just the question, isn't it? But humans are still using it, Grant. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I remember having um, you know, long debates with football fans about don't get involved in video officiating. Because mm. what you're going to do is you, you're going to create this idea where, where you think they're going to get 100% of things right. Yeah. Well, they won't because it's just humans using technology, isn't it, Steve? Yeah. Hum, humans miss yeah, things, exactly. make mistakes. It just seems that in international rugby, they look at everything, but in some of the, the lower levels, or back to, to sort of super super rugby, they actually, like, somewhere in there, the TMO maybe should have said to, to Ticker all that, hey, had a look at, had a look at those, mm. you know, uh, possible knock-ons. So at least you can communicate back to the audience, oh, well, they looked at it, and it's okay, because through, through my lens, it's still, it's probably still a knock-on, and, it, and one of them is definitely a forward pass every day of the week. And just finally, I think the Canes are a chance to I, I really do. We never, I don't know, I just think having Artie, Artie's definitely playing tonight, yes? Yes, he is, yep. Yeah, I, listen, I think he always lifts against against the Blues, and I, I, actually, I actually think they're, I think they're a chance. I think the, the Canes have been... Uh, you know they've been playing some good rugby. You know, even if you think back to last week against the against the Chiefs, you know there were just times in, in that game where they, you know, for every big error that they made, they they pretty much got punished. But um, it's just a shame they haven't got uh, Cameron starting at first five because I, when they, when they started the season with uh, Cameron sitting in the in the in the ten jersey, I just think they had a little bit more game management about them. Hey, good on you, Steve. I think they're a really good chance. Uh, weather might play a big part in that game. I think some heavy rain is forecast for later tonight, mm. and I don't think the Canes did particularly well in the wet last weekend. Now, did they? Good to chat, Steve. Hopefully we'll get do it again real yeah, soon. Mate. Thanks, mate. It is bang on half past 11. This is the Saturday session, the truncated version, only on between uh, 11 and uh, 1. Still trying to take as many of your calls. Our show with Rummy Cure, award-winning rubs, sources, and seasonings. You can text us on the Temper Bed Post text machine, double eight double three, if you so please. Are you going to read it, or should I? No, you read that one. I'll read this one. Uh, someone <laughs> talking about the giant OFOA signing. It's a whole new meaning for prop hire. Nice. <laughs> Very good. I like that one. Um, well, I got one from Chris, who's a grocer, and he says, I'm happy to join your club, Grant. I've been an Everton fan for 50-plus years. So we're, we're now a team of – I'm waiting to hear from Mike. But if Mike and Chris join, we've almost gone up by 50% (laughs) in the club. So that would be our supporters club of six. Yeah. I don't know where we will have this reunion once we stay up. Yeah, swipe right and join uh, Grant's club. We should have like a swipe right Everton (laughs) Everton fan, yes or no. But how about this, Daniel? If Everton stay up, would you be prepared to wear an Everton shirt for the rest of the year until the Premier League starts again. Every every Saturday. So we'll just hang it up here, and then you have to wear it. <sighs> and Everton oh. shirt. 
And if not, then maybe gonna buy I, have it? To, I have to wear a Liverpool one. Are you yeah, going to buy I can, it? I can get someone to go to Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Get a Tim Cahill okay. shirt. So if you stay up, I've got to wear an evident shirt. Yeah. Not for the duration of the whole show. Yeah, until the Premier League really? starts. No, until the Premier League starts oh. for the next season. Uh. Just think about it. What do you think? Text in. Uh, I nearly three. shook hands on that. <laughs> uh, best we take a break. It's 28 minutes away from 12 o'clock. What is to come in uh, on the remainder of the show? Well, Tony Kemp joins us from uh, Warrior Central, which is uh, the Hawks Bay, of course, ahead of uh, the game against the Broncos. We'll talk about that, the experience of being in that community. Um, also, after 12 o'clock, we'll catch up with the former Everton player, Brett Angel, of course, coaching in the same part of the country in the Hawks Bay. Real Hawks Bay, f- you know, flavour to the show. Back after this break, our number is 0800 You can Text us on double eight double three. Double eight double three. Keep your messages rolling through to the Temper Bed Post text machine. You can always call us on 0800-150-811. Uh, Nick has a has a question for you. Nick, I think tried to call earlier. Yeah, he did. But Nick has sent through a message uh, for you, Grant. What Surely, if John Arfoa can play with the Crusaders, then Grant Elliott can play a game of indoor cricket in Seaview on Wednesday. Question mark. Nick, comma Wellington. Full stop. I mean, I could. I could get through it. I don't, I don't know how aggressive the Seaview indoor cricket is. Well, indoor cricket is overly aggressive generally, isn't it? I'm going to tell you, I've, I've had a bad experience with indoor cricket when I was young. Yeah. And I was, well, young, I say 16. So I was a professional cricketer, but people knew I was professional, and I got asked to play in just a social grade, and they dismissed me. And obviously this is now a big wicket because you're a professional oh, right. cricketer. They dismiss you after you hit it straight because you get taught to hit in the V. Yeah. But you hit the back net and it comes off the back net. And you run they, out. They, they, well, they run out or they catch you because you could get caught off the back yeah. net. South Africa. And I was like, "How? this is pointless. I can't like smoke the bowler <laughs> miles and then tell him to go fetch it. And then they get together and they put their hands together and they throw it up and they go, shower. And they look at you and I go, shower? well, I'm not going for a shower because I'm still here. It's minus five or whatever. Oh, I've opened a can of worms. It was yeah. aggressive. Haven't I? It was really aggressive, Nick. So oh. maybe this it's a bit like Fight Club, I almost thought. It, may, it might, might be cathartic for you to go to go along. I, I think it's a fairly lukewarm response right now, Nick. Uh, hold tight. Got to get to our next guest. He's been waiting patiently on the phone. Without question, the best broadcaster I've worked with at SCNZ. Thank you, Daniel. Here's Tony Kemp. G'day, Kempy. Kempy. Oh, Dan McCarty. Hey, Grant. Here you come, mate. I was laughing at that uh, indoor cricket uh, story, mate. I used to play a bit of that myself when I was up in Newcastle on a Wednesday night, go down and, and try and smoke the bowlers, as you say. But, um, yeah, mate. It's, uh, I'm actually sitting down. You, you guys caught me. I've just finished a, a podcast, which we're going to put on SENZ uh, next week. Logan will put that up with Kevin Campion. Uh, sat down and did oh, awesome. On a little sort of uh, little interview with him talking about the days when I obviously coached him here going through the grand final. And uh, I don't know if you boys know, but Campo's famous in that grand final for something that happened off the field, which was at half time. We never had a boombox back then, but we played a tape. Uh, Daniel Henderson played a tape because he thought we were playing the Broncos in the final. It was a pre record, and we obviously weren't. We, as you know, uh, we lost to Sydney City. And Campo put up and kick the, kick the cassette and we talked a little bit about that and, and other things as well so um, Brilliant. good to catch up with the old boy he's down here in Napier it's a beautiful day 7.30 tonight mate and there's so many people with Warriors jerseys on down here apparently it's sold out and um, the, I've just, the boys have just walked past actually um, the Three Wise Birds which is the bar that is sponsoring SENZ while we're down here they've just walked past on their team walk and they're looking pretty focused uh, telling us last night 
uh, Arwen on his, when, he, when we interviewed him on our Running the Straight special that um, the boys have um, put this one in the bank because it's a special one for Tony Harris who's come home. So I'm looking forward to it, boys. It should be a good game. Hey, Kempi, I want to ask you, because we actually had Kevin Campion on the show, and uh, one of the discussions was around that uh-huh. boombox and the halftime tape pre-record, but we wanted to see if we could get our hands on the yeah, pre-record. There copy Surely the... there must be a copy. It's got to be a copy of, <laughs> of what was actually played out there. No, uh, there would be, and the guy that would have it would be Alan McLaughlin, because he was the voice Mac. of the tape, on the tape. Uh, Mac, oh, please Mac find it. Put it well, mate. The tape it's stuck in it's stuck in some rubbish bin somewhere with a mangled up cassette. Um, <laughs> oh, so it was, was, so it was Mac. Mac was doing the fake call, so it would have been amazing. Mac was an amazing rugby league caller. Like Kimby knows this. Mac, Mac, yeah. Mac was the voice of Lee yeah, for yeah. a long, long time. A brilliant caller. Yeah, and you can imagine that though, boys. You know, they're sitting down at half time, and uh, <laughs> of course. Playing Sydney City, and all of a sudden they're scoring a winning try in the grand final against the Brisbane Broncos. So uh, we were really young, both myself and Daniel Anderson. We were in our early 30s back then. And I said to Campo in the interview, you know, he's got to lose one to win one, and we learn a lot from it. <laughs> that great, that great, that great uh, team together to try and get a, get a second chance. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, it, it, there's been so much colour, and you guys have captured it so very well in the Hawksman, the lead-up to this game. You know, a lot riding on it, not just competition points, you know, what what, uh, what this game is all about for the community. But but to the game itself, uh, you hit the Broncos at the right time, the Warriors, don't they? The Broncos have been on a downward sort of trend over the last month, um, have some big names out. Warriors fan, fans, no doubt, will be, but the players must be licking their chops at the prospect of this game in front of what should be a really good crowd, too. Well, yeah, it's, it's meant to be sold out, Danny Dan. So um, I think I think they're going to get the crowd, which they've experienced at, the, at their two home games so far back in New Zealand up at uh, Mount Smart. Um, so you know, a full McLean Park tonight, vocal um, Central Districts whānau that have travelled probably from Wellington, Taranaki, um, through to Hawks Bay to, to fill that stadium. It's got to be a fantastic night. I've I, I just warned people that you know, if you, if you wanted to play anyone through the origin period, it's probably not the Broncos because the Broncos, as we know, um, since the 95 when we've come in, have always put out a team that understand what they need to do through this period. So even though they've got five players out tonight, uh, Adam Reynolds is still there, Ezra Van still uh, at 5'8", and still got Jordan Leakey playing in the back row um, with a couple of couple of decent players. And the young blokes that they've brought in, they can play. So, you know, hopefully... The, like I've mentioned, this game's for Tohu, um, and of course the, the people of Hawke's Bay, because of the tragedies that they've been through, that they don't take them lightly. Because you know any team mm. with Adam Reynolds at the moment, especially, I think that's where the game's won tonight. It's on the back of the kicking game, the kick chase of Adam Reynolds and, and Sean Johnson. Whoever gets that upper hand in that uh, in that part of the game, then they should go a long way to winning it. And I, I just hope that if they do sort of get the, their foot in the door, the Warriors, if they really put the nail in the coffin and put them away. Um, I don't want it to be a sort of a battle and go for 80 minutes because, you know, they're sitting up in the top four for a reason, the Broncos. They have been going well, even though they've been a little bit scratchy over the last couple of weeks. But they, they, they do know how to win, and we've just got to be really careful that if we do get a jump on them, that we continue with it. So, Kempi, Luke Metcalf, he's going to make his debut in the, the halves, I understand. He's recovered from a hamstring injury. Um, and then um, 
what about uh, Jackson Ford? He he's back after a head knock, is he? Yeah, look, and, and Jackson Ford has probably been the player's player of the year so far. It was really interesting because I was talking um, this week to a couple of the um, the coaches, you know, uh, Richie Agar and Stacey Jones, and Stacey Jones said, you know, which I was really surprised, he said, Jackson Ford, mate, is just like Campo. You know, and, and that's, you just don't give that accolade to anybody because there was only ever one Kevin Campion um, you know, who was just really strict with the players. He, you know, built everything around defence and, and effort for 80 minutes. And to hear that that's what Jackson Ford's bringing to the club is fantastic. Uh, and, and Luke Metcalf, I'm really excited about this kid. Like he's got pace to burn. Uh, we only saw that in the first trial. He's come back and played half a game in reserve grade, scored a similar try to that that he did in the, in the first trial against the West Tigers. Uh, and he's got speed that can complement Sean Johnson with Sean Johnson's passing game. So, you know, if, if, you, if you're having a little bit of a dig on a, on a punt today, I'd actually look at uh, Luke Metcalf anytime try scorer because I think, I think he will go over tonight in, in, in that capacity of scoring a try. Nice. We do have a little flutter uh, segment at the end of the show, Kempi, so we might use that one. Uh, Kempi, tell me something, just to wrap it up. What's, a, what's the build-up to a Warriors game like? Because I always love the build-up to the shock tank. Watching the Sharks, you know, everyone was in the in the field and the kids were playing and the dads were there with their brides. Like, what's a Warriors build-up? I've never been to, to a Warriors game yet. Oh, we're going to sort that out, uh, Grant. You know, when, we, when they come down to Wellington, I'll make sure that you sort it out and you actually get to, to go in the changing rooms and, and walk around. Look, the, the build-up from their perspective, the Warriors, is, is basically they're around the hotel and they go up for a little bit of a walk, which they're on at the moment. They just can't wait for 730 rolls around. But for the town, like, and, and from a coach's perspective, it's really good to get out and get a feel for the town. Like at the moment, the town is just painted in, in blue and green and red, you know, with the, with the Warriors colours. Um, everyone's travelled from around the Mutsu to, to, to come here and watch the game. And it's, it's totally different than a rugby game. And, and I try and t- ex- explain this to people when they say, well, what's it like being at a Warriors game? Well, it's not clapped. And so, all oh, well done. It is tribal. It is loud. It is, you know, everyone's putting everything into it, so much passion. And I'm expecting tonight it to be especially loud. I think, I think people, especially in the Hawks Bay, um, are looking to, for a pick-up, and I think the Warriors will deliver that for them tonight. Gempi, thanks so much for dropping by, mate. No, you're really busy. What time does uh, coverage start tonight? Uh, we, we kick off at 5.30 and we've got a couple of our build-up um, myself and Sammy Hewitt, so tune into SCNZ and you can, you can listen to that. We'll run through a lot of the stats and where they are at the moment. The other thing about that too, Dan, is a competition. There's only two points to separate the top eight. Um, it's a really different competition this year. So we'll talk a, a bit about that. The game starts at 7.30 and, of course, if you want to dial in after the game, you can t- uh, tune in for a chat. Good man. Tony Kemp uh, and Thanks, Sam will have the call for you from 5.30. Build-up. Kick-off at 7.30. Now, Kempi is so right. We talked about this last week, didn't we? How tight it is and how many wins will you actually need to make the top eight? It's, um, you know, there's so many, uh, so many potential sort of passes competition could take, but it's quite extraordinary. One through eight um, separated by two points. It is now 13 minutes away from 12 o'clock. Back with more shortly. This is the Saturday session in association with that Rum and Q. Award-winning, and I, I tell you what, I'm not surprised they've won a lot of awards, um, considering the, the culinary delights I had during mm. the week. 
I'll tell you about that a little bit later with Rum and Cure award-winning rub sauces and seasoning. Grant Elliott ready for another game? Yes. Game of fact or fiction where we throw it. Or against. Yeah, for or against. We toss the court and we have to take uh, either side of the uh, debate. Oh, come on, mate. We we need to tell the audience what the question is. <laughs> the impact player on the IPL. Drill it. Oh. The imp- oh, I got a yes. hint of where you would like to be on this one. The impact player on the NBA, uh, IPL is a great innovation and is here to stay. Oh, that is our question of the day. Heads. Okay. So, heads tails. for fiction, yeah. tails for fact. It's a heads. Well done, you. Okay. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to say that um, it shouldn't be here to stay. Because the thing is, is that it's a different rule. And we saw the 100. The 100 has failed. Sky gave a billion dollars to the ECB uh, for broadcast rights, and they created the 100 tournament. And now, apparently, they're abolishing the 100 tournament. Why? Because they changed so many rules. No one really knows what's going on. I looked at the screen, and I, I thought, what's happening here? Now, an impact player is just another rule. If you can just stop making up different rules for a traditional game, I think the fan is the one that loses in the end. Yes, format's fine. 10 overs, 20 overs. Everyone knows what an over is. 100, it was a five ball over. I still don't know what the rules of the 100 are. So I would say, no, it's not here to stay. I think that it it. confuses people, confuses the fan. We don't need another rule. There's like a page explainer on Crick Info. Can you distill it down to two sentences for, for those listening going, what on earth are those two talking about right now? Impact player is a player that can come in at any time. He's one of four substitute players that are named at the start of the game, almost like a rugby player off the bench. Yeah. But you can't replace, you can't put another overseas player in to make it five overseas players for the game. A local player will replace a local, or a local will replace a overseas. So you're anti it. Anti- Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Absolutely needs to yeah, be gone. Yeah, why do you need to? No, it's, it made small make it a 12-person game then. Uh, the impact player on the IPL is a great innovative idea and is here to stay. Fact. <laughs> I'm the IPL, mate. I'm cricket. What I do will stay. Won't it? Well, you do we, whatever we, you we, want anyway. We, we do what we want, mate. Mm. And if you don't like it, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to thumb our nose at you. <laughs> well, oh, you don't like it? Well, all the more reason for it to stay. Now, you might have some very salient points in there, Grant, that somewhere in my person I, I want to agree with desperately. But for the sake of this game, no, it's a great innovate. You've, move on, move with the times. All, a lot of other sports have substitutions. Why not cricket? And, and in this competition, in this form of the game, I think it's uh, well worth persevering with. If you agree with me, text now, double eight double three. If you agree with Grant, you're dead to me. Um, <laughs> but continue listening to the show. We still love you. <laughs> I'll speak to you. If you want to vote, feel free. Uh, Fact or Fiction every uh, Saturday on this uh, program. Uh, the very latest in sports headlines. We'll catch up with former Everton player Brett Angel. Yes. Ah, big weekend for Grant Elliott. Can't Everton. wait to my, my, quiz him. Mike, by the way, is happy to join the Everton club. Mike, what, yes, do you Mike. what are you going to bring to the Everton Club? Let us know. Yeah, what do you do for a living, Mike? I need to know. I've got a greengrocer. I've got a banker. I've got Tim DIY. I'm not too sure what Richie does. Uh, but, Mike, we need you in this group. I need to know what you do. What do you bring to the party? Uh, all the other regular features in the final hour of the show, sporting tips you should probably run a mile from, workhorse of the week. We'll uh, catch up with Clado and the Good Oil crew. Stay with us. It's four minutes away from 12. Ben Francis. Ben Francis had it. Ben Francis has just got an eye full of that dance. The, it is Alan Shearer. He's very Alan Shearer, Ben Francis, isn't he? Grant Elliott when he's dancing, the right arm up. 
This is it. You That's don't know what it. to do. It's like when you speak to people, where do you put your hands? You don't want to do the fig leaf, which males do. It's the two hands in front of the genitals when well, you get a bit when you're nervous. In the wall, when you're in the wall. Yeah, just yeah. like there. Right. You want to get the hand out. Finger I, pointing. I, I even must, point at someone. I must admit, I, I know you've expected a lot of um, Grant Elliott over the years being Francis, and at times he's let you down, right? He's, he's let you down. I, I don't know if there's a particular Always. moment you, you could you know, pull from your memory, but I must admit, I was expecting more from Grant Elliott's dance. I, I, was, it, I was actually just thinking of contacting the people from Dancing with the Stars and grabbing that bit of video and sending it through. I'm, I'm actually, has Grant ever been contacted for Dancing with the Stars? Are you offering to be his agent? I reckon you should take twenty five percent. I was going to go twenty six. Twenty six, yeah. I'll negotiate on behalf of Grant. Let's settle on twenty seven and a half. Deal. A deal. All right. We're going to get you on dancing with us. Do they still do that show? So, <laughs> no uh, listen, I, I have been asked by people, not not by the show, but I've been asked by people say, why don't you do Dancing in the Stars? They've clearly never seen me dance. Why have you pulled up? So I pulled up that photo because I thought you'd think this is quite funny because <laughs> it looks like last you. <laughs> week you said there was doppelgangers and then someone texted me and said, you look like the bearded lady from Eurovision. <laughs> you do. It's like the bearded bloke lady from Eurovision. And I thought that you'd think that that was funny. But I don't Her think... beard's a bit better. <laughs> What's well, slightly more groomed? It's slightly more groomed than yours. I think a little bit more time and effort's gone on. Eurovision, what is that? Oh, some people love it. We can't go down that rabbit hole. Abs- some people absolutely love it. No, uh, Ben Francis want, does not want us to go down that uh, that rabbit hole. He'd like us to give the people what they want, which is headlines at the top of the hour. It's uh, two, nearly three minutes after 12 o'clock. You are with the Saturday session with rum and cure, award-winning rubs, sauces and seasonings. Uh, let's season you with um, some sporting headlines. WBC World Heavyweight Champion Tyson Fury says he wants to fight fellow Briton Anthony Joshua at Wembley in September and has sent him a contract. Fury has not fought since stopping Derek, Derek Chisora in the 10th round at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in December. Fury has been in Brisbane and was in Joseph Parker's corner for his win um, the other evening. I, I, I've heard this one before, fellas. I have to say, I've, I've heard Fury and Joshua want to have a fight before. Mm. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, Shubman Gill, he goes all right, Grant, doesn't he? Oh, 300s in the IPL in these last five games. Unbelievable. He's scored a stunning 129 from 60 balls as holders, uh, the Titans beats the Indians. Mumbai Indians had to reach the Indian Premier League final. After being dropped on 30, the opener took the Mumbai attack apart with 7-4s and 10-6s. The century, as Grant has pointed out, his third in just his last four innings. Um, as the Titans posted 233 for four before Mumbai uh, tumbled to 171. Uh, Mohit Sharma taking 5 for 10. There you have it, the very latest in uh, sporting headlines to four minutes after 12 o'clock. Uh, Brett Angel, former Le- uh, Everton defender these days uh, in New Zealand, coaching. He'll join us. We'll talk some football. Big weekend of football. Of course, can uh, Grant and his uh, Everton Supporters Club stay relevant and we'll stay in the Premiership? Well, why are we on the topic of defence? Richie's just texting. He's part of the group, isn't he? He, he was the second one in. I yeah, should yeah. actually give them a cap number. <laughs> what cap number they are in the supporters club. And uh, Richie works for the New Zealand Defence Force. So how good is that? This group is looking unbelievable at the moment. Well, we've got such so, so you've got a banker, you've got a grocer, you've got someone who works in the Defence Force. And then I've got Tim. I only know that Tim does DIY, DIY on the weekend. Well, your stadium needs to be renovated. Handy. Your stadium does need to be renovated, doesn't it? 
Well, the whole I, uh, team. You know what? To... I think this could be the new board of Everton in the G- in the championship next year. I don't Take know what Mike does though. What do we reckon Mike does? I I reckon Mike's a man of mystery. No. I reckon he I, re- I reckon he's import exporter. Shall we say? What does he import and export? Let's move on. <laughs> rubbed the wrong way with the rum and cure award-winning rubs, sauces, and seasonings. Uh, what's rubbed me the wrong way? Well, listen out. It's pretty easy at the moment. It's the easy thing to do, I, I would say, Grant Elliott, is to have a pop at Super Rugby. Everyone has had a crack, haven't they? Yeah. Kicked it while it's down, including yours truly. Uh, but let me put it this way. Uh, heading into this weekend's matches, and there are just two rounds to play, only one team's fate is sealed. That is Minor Pacifica, who we've known for quite some time, will finish at the bottom of the ladder. Take them out of the equation, Grant, and heading into this group of games, 11 of the 12 teams still have a lot to play for. That sounds pretty good to me if you're running a competition, right? For example, four teams vying to finish second, and with it, if they're good enough, they would have two home playoff uh, matches at the very least. Crusaders, Brumbies, Blues and Canes are in that mix. They've also got another team chasing a home quarterfinal, uh, that being the Waratahs. Um, and then really muddying the water, five teams in a battle for the final two spots at the bottom of the playoff race, being the Drua, Rebels, Force, Highlanders and Reds. This was as it stood prior to last night's games, of course. So while people continue to throw crap at this competition, and I accept, and I will accept, that there is reason to, no doubt, but right now, here's just an idea. Perhaps we can just put down the stones, stop throwing them for a couple of weeks, and enjoy the spectacle of sport when jeopardy's involved. There's a lot of jeopardy in these games, and I think we saw that last night at Forsyth Bar Stadium with the Highlanders and Reds delivering, I thought, a belter of a game. Great game. So that's rubbed me the wrong way. What's rubbed you the wrong way, Mr. Elliot? Well, I think the thing that rubbed me up the wrong way, we just heard about Chubman Gill's 100. I mean, that, I, it I was, just want to just talk about that just for a quick second. He is a very impressive individual. I think he's going to be a world beater, that that guy. Spoke to him in Hamilton before a game, and unbelievable uh, player with a good uh, head on his shoulders. Long may that continue. But what's rubbed me, rubbed me up the wrong way is probably the IPL in general, um, is the New Zealand players in the IPL. Everyone other than Devin Conway, we had nine players over there. So Kane Williamson went over with eight other internationals, um, and they went to the IPL in April. But since then, Kane, Kane Williamson got injured. So now... Badly. Yeah. So, cruciate ligament. So, now we've got this issue of who's going to bat at three. We've got a world-class player potentially out, um, almost definitely out for the World Cup. We're having to scramble and try and replace him. Um, and then we've got the eight other players who are over there. But I always I marvel at it because I think that New Zealand, we've done so well in white ball cricket. You mean that the last two World Cups and both the T20 World Cup <laughs> and 50 over one-day World Cup? Yeah. I mean, we've probably been standout team in terms of consistency. Maybe throw Australia in there. But when I look at it, I always see like these journeymen from other countries that are getting a go and they play every game. And yet when I look at Glenn Phillips, Glenn Phillips has just played five games. He's got scored 8, 25, 0, 5 and 1. Satna has played three matches. He's like, you know, consistently You're in our team. Bowling. Yeah, well, he's one of the first names put in. Lockie Ferguson, who went for, I think, over 2 mil. He's played three games. What? They spent over two mil and he played three games. Not for 40, that not is, for 37. That is not particularly money well spent, I would argue. And his last game was April 16th. Southie, just the two games. His last game was the 6th of April. Finn Allen, no games. Uh, Bracewell, 
played more as a bowler. He's taken six wickets and he's just batted, you know, four times. And then Williamson, obviously, down and out. So in a lead-up to a World Cup, we've got all these players in India where we hope that we're going to give them yeah. experience and that they can actually adapt to the conditions. And sure, they're playing in the nets and they probably are adapting somewhat, but is it a good thing? I don't know. I just, I wish, and what's rubbed me up the wrong way is I want to see more Kiwi players get more opportunity. At least Aussie journeyman. Yeah. South African journeyman. Yes. Yeah, fair enough. What's rubbed you the wrong way? Double eight, double three. Temper Bear Post text machine is open. You can um, get involved. Just tell us what's uh, wound you up, rubbed you the wrong way in sport this week. Everyone goes in the draw, and you can win some quality products, high quality products from Rum and Q. Oh, I, I got so out good. the soft cock, rubbed it all over my pork during the week. Bit of meat juice thrown in there too. Amazing pulled pork. Fed the family three days. Incredible. Uh, Rum and Q award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, seasonings. Absolutely perfect for any occasion. I didn't know that you you mixed it up because I just used the soft cock, but you actually pour the meat juice over the soft. Well, cock? no, at the end. Oh, at the at end. the end. Oh, okay. No, okay, when okay, when, okay. You, when you finished. Yeah, I have finished. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Good day, Dean. How you going, guys? What's Good. Me you know, the wrong way is I want to see the Blues playing consistent rugby with a consistent selection of team members. Now that Bryce Heen, I've seen him play thirteen. I think twice. And the back line works when he's at 13. And for some stupid reason, instead of putting Caleb Clark on the bench and putting Rico on the wing, they name him at second five and put Plummer at first five. And Stephen Perifesa should be at 10 and Plummer at 12. But he's been playing really well, having the double kicking option. I don't get it. So I'm not sure whether Rangy's got any say in this. Is, who's picking his Blues team? Is it Foster telling him what he's got to do? Or is he actually allowed to say, no, this ain't work? Because everyone that knows rugby knows that Rico has been battling there for four years. He doesn't want to pass it to his wingers because his natural instinct is to run like Lamu used to. And that's what we want to see as rugby followers. I hate seeing him tuck it under his wing when he's got two men outside him. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Bryce Ames has been awesome this year, Dean, hasn't he? Uh, I know this is not really your point, but I just want to highlight that. But but I, I get where you're coming from. You know what? I'm a Canes fan. I don't really care. I quite quite like quite like the look of that team, if you know what I mean, Dean. If you can read between the lines there, Dean. <laughs> oh, Canes will belt them. I've got that in the sweep. I've got no doubt. Like, Duple C. Carisi is on fire. But for some reason, they'll say he's too small. Like, he's the nuggety little bugger that gets over the ball. I'm not, I don't follow the stats of it. But if he's not up the top for turnovers... I'll be amazed. And and Hartman, F, magnificent Canterbury release. That's, thank God they give him to us. He He's the best all-round seven in the competition, I believe. But Sam Kane's got to be our leader. But I'm looking for, I'm coming to Eden Park next week because I want to see Hartman just bail Popoli into submission all by himself. Do you know, I'd hate to think where the Highlanders would be without him, though. He's been awesome for them. Sorry, Grant. No, that's all right. Do, do you know, what do you make of, um, you know, the things that uh, a lot of people have been talking about, about talk, uh, turning Super Rugby off? You sound like you're passionate about it coming to the back end of the, the tournament. Um, what, what do you well, make of all of that? Do you think it's great? Do you think uh, it's losing its its touch? I, uh, I turned it off myself. The Pacific, uh, Fiji, oh, it was a bath game. I don't, it was... 
well, I think it was the Hurricanes or some, someone belted someone last week or a week before. And I just, it, just, it was like bull rush. It was, there was no structure. It was just what Auckland been playing all year. Kick it to the wingers. When you've got outstanding wingers, just kick it to them. That's because the 13 isn't distributing it. Barrett had his best game at 10 last week. I don't care who they're playing. It doesn't matter who you play. You want consistency of selection. You just want... You do the same thing. Like Japanese will practice that kick for the corner for two hours until they've mastered it. We'll have three goes at practice and go, oh, that'll work. It doesn't. And if you've got <laughs> to kick it to all black wingers, there's something wrong. Hey, good on you, Dino. Appreciate your thoughts. Thanks for setting um, you know, everyone up. You're on the draw. Thanks, we'll run the wrong way. Uh, what's rubbed you up the wrong way? You can either pick up the phone, 0800 Um Probably best this hour, because um, we've got a lot to get through. Uh, just text through your nominations, double eight, double three. Everyone goes in the draw. What's rubbed you up the wrong way? As far as sport is concerned, Grant is an annoyance and a lack of New Zealand contribution in the IPL. Well, let's just let's enjoy the jeopardy of Super Rugby over the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, what say you? Double eight, double three. That's the best way. Uh, awesome prize pack uh, to give away from Rum and Q. We will take a break and then we will catch up with Brett Angel, former Everton, de- Everton player. Yes, and of well, course these days in New Zealand, um, you know, respected uh, football coach, uh, long, long time professional player as well. Do you we'll reckon I can him get him into my supporters? I, I think you'll try, knowing you. <laughs> I think you'll try. Back after this. So poor all season, Everton from set pieces. They've had many of them today, but again, whether it be the delivery or the finish, it's just not good enough. Gray in looking for Tarkovsky, it's spilled, Keane is in there! There's the answer they needed! And that is the goal they craved, and it's Yerry Mina who scores it for Everton! Right at the end! In their fight against relegation! Yerry Mina! Oh, late, late drama last weekend in the English Premier League, uh, giving life to Everton and making sure that their destiny is in their own hands, which makes it all the more sweeter when they absolutely <laughs> stuff it up this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a nervous 48 hours ahead, or 24 hours ahead. All the games are played at the same time, aren't they, uh, this weekend, last start round. Uh, it's all settled at the top. Champions League places, European spots. It's all about who will go down. Who's joining Southampton? Will it be Leeds United, Leicester City? Or Everton, there's some big names. The championship's going to be stacked next year, Grant. You may not get out of the championship next season. We are joined now, though, by a former Everton player, of course. Former long-time professional, racked up many goals in his uh, fine career. Uh, these days, uh, living in the Hawks Bay, coaching, fine coach. Uh, with uh, Napier Marist and also, I think, doing some work with uh, Hastings Boys. Hi, and we're very delighted to welcome to the show Mr. Brett Angel, who can, who can help guide you uh, through this weekend, maybe. Um, about the tension, the the nervous energy that comes with a relegation battle, and also tell you about everything you need to know about Everton. Brett, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Good day, Brett. I'm not too bad, thank you. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. I think it, I was involved in the Wimbledon game uh, of 94, 95, uh, or 93, 94, when uh, we needed to get a result um, to stay up. Um, and we found ourselves two 0 down for Wimbledon, and uh, but managed to claw our way back to uh, achieve victory and uh, stay up that season. So obviously, uh, yeah, I, I understand where the players are coming from in relation to that. When I think back, 
what's it, nearly 20 years now, and uh, that was the same situation that Everton found themselves in, um, you know, then. That was an incredibly famous game for Everton, coming back. I think it was 2-0 down at half-time, right, Brad? I, I can only imagine what it was like in the changing rooms at that half-time break. Well, obviously, you know, you've got 45 minutes and your season it revolves around that 45 minutes. And uh, we knew that if we didn't realistically win, we had no chance. But we knew that victory was uh, was very much in the same way as they are, you know, today. Uh, if they win, they don't have to worry about other results. And that was the same with us. We just needed to win. But obviously, at that point in time, it didn't look very lightly. Now, Brett, you played for Everton. You were on loan to them from 93, 94, and then um, purchased by them in 94, 95. Do they still contact you? Are you still, you know, someone that they're like, let's get Brett Angel in? Well, um, you're and trying the, to get tickets, aren't you, year of, Grant? Aren't no, you? no I'm not. You're trying to get tickets. I'm not trying to get tickets here, Brett. I'm trying to get a feel <laughs> for the club because I've I've started my own supporters club in the last three weeks on the station and we're a club six people strong at the moment so by the end of this interview i will be asking if you want to join the club as well i just can't understand why it's taking you this long to get an evidence supporters club really yeah so, uh, so it's only it's, it's only in the last three weeks is that because of their current situation or is that just because of what no, no, it is. It, like Grant's a long-time Everton fan, but as they were sinking lower and lower and lower, you know, I've been winding him up, Brett. I'm the Liverpool fan, poking him in the ribs, and we were a little bit worried that he needed some emotional support. So he put the call out. Quite, it was quite desperate. In fact, it was it was kind of sad in, in parts a couple of weeks ago because when he first brought it up, he only got one person texting to join Brett. And he's been working at this for weeks and weeks, and he's up to the huge number of how many? We've gone up fifty percent just today, okay. Brett, in our, our supporters club. So like a radio it's looking marketing. good. It's yeah, looking like a, really good. Yeah, very good. But, but does the club still then. contact you, Brett? Uh, the, yeah, uh, you know, uh, count me in. So count me in. So there's a, there's an extra one. Is that now seventy five percent more followers? <laughs> or yes, Brett. You're in. You're yeah. in. Thank yeah. you very much. Brilliant. No what was this? What? Of understanding the hardships that you've gone through since those twenty years. You know, it was. It's not the. It wasn't the last time. Obviously, they've been there before, uh, and they're here again, which obviously isn't what uh, any fan wants. But I suppose what you could say is they're getting experienced in that situation and finding a way to get out of it. So hopefully it's going to be the same this weekend. Yeah, they're at home, of course. Well, what is it like playing at that very famous ground and in, in, in front of those very passionate fans? So I hope are supportive for ninety minutes because if it does go against Everton, you can see them turning, can't you, Brett? <laughs> I think to be fair, that's what playing at all of those home uh, home stadiums. The, you, the away team's always going to say, "Let's keep the the home support quiet," and uh, if we if we can do that. But what they will do, they will go through thick and thin as long as they see something out there that's worthy of supporting. I think that's when they tend to find it very, very difficult. They get frustrated, naturally. Players get frustrated. Fans get frustrated. But what they actually want to see is just really, you know, everybody's chucking everything in to try and get something out. 
of, out of it. And that's where they get really frustrated when maybe they feel that they're not seeing that with certain players and uh, consequently they will make their, their feelings known vocally. Brett, can I ask you, what, what is it like going into those games, those relegation games? Do you see coaches panic and change game plans or is it about consistency? Tell me about the feeling of the players, but also the strategy that goes with it. I think there is a little bit of, uh, at the end of the day, you know that realistically what your job entails, what you need to do, how you need to do it, and you're put out there to go and do it. Obviously, on paper to practice, it doesn't quite look the same sometimes, and then it's the ability to change tack, recognize that it's not quite working the way that we thought it was going to work, and consequently changing strategy midstream because all good teams need to be able to do that. Uh, Obviously, there is a lot of nervous tension. That tension evaporates once really the whistle blows, but then the situation that unfolds creates even further tension. It was like us. We all knew what we needed to do, but the game plan wasn't being 2-0 down at half-time. You know, then... You restock, you reevaluate, you relook, and then you just go, look, if we can get the next goal, the game changes completely. And that's exactly what happened. We got the next goal, we got ourselves back in the game. Obviously, then there's a positivity around the stadium, and suddenly the whole picture changes. And then the momentum is with you. And then with that, the fans get behind and start to believe. And it is all about a belief. You know, and obviously then if you create your opportunities and if you take those opportunities, more belief spreads, uh, you know. But it's very, very nervous. It, it, there is a lot of nervous tension. There's no two ways about it. It is a different game because you know what the outcome could mean, you know. Uh, and that is why yeah. there's such a disappointment. And you've gone 30... Look, this one game isn't the reason you get relegated. It's the other 37, really, that have happened yeah. prior to that. But this one game is now the do or die because, in reality, you can't actually have another game to get out of trouble. Now, Brett, I wanted to ask you uh, just one word answer from you. We've got a, um, some picks that we do at the end of the show, and I'm going to put a huge multi together. We uh, actually stood to win $643,000 We did it. last weekend. We're still here. Well, we're still here. We're still here, Brett. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, it didn't come in. So I want to ask you the picks for this weekend. Just tell me uh, who will be winning it or whether it'll be a draw. Aston Villa Brighton. Draw. Everton Bournemouth. Home win. Damn it. Brett, damn it! Southampton, Liverpool. Away win. Gee, that took you a long time, Brett. Leeds. It took you a it long did, time. But I, I don't, to be fair, if you're, if you're a better man, I'd go uh, draw no bet. Because yeah, I think Southampton could release the shackles. They know they're relegated, and obviously Liverpool are where Liverpool are. Uh, but yeah, so I think there could be a draw there. I, I don't see Southampton winning, but I think there might be a draw there. Spoken like a true former Everton player. Lead Spurs. Home win. Ooh. Brentford Man City. 
going to go draw there. For his, yeah, draw. I'm going to go draw. Nice. That's a very difficult throw to be at home. Crystal Palace knots. I'm going to go draw there as well. Draw. I like these draws here. Man United Fulham. Home win. Chelsea Newcastle. I'm going to go draw there. Yeah, yeah, nice. I agree with you. Leicester West Ham. This is that? This is that? I go home win. And then the last one, Arsenal Wolves. <laughs> home win. Brett Angel, right. brilliant. Thank That's you awesome. for playing the game. So you've got Everton, Leicester, and Leeds all winning, uh, which would mean the, the, the table would stay unchanged. That would be extraordinary drama because I'll be in front. Oh, I can't wait for it. Uh, but unfortunately, um, Leicester City and Leeds United, um, you're relegated, <laughs> according to that little game that we've just played. Hey, Brett, thanks so much for dropping by, having a little bit of fun with us. I do appreciate it. Thank you for joining Grant Elliott's Everton Supporters Club. The problem is he just randomly start, starts calling and texting people in his group. So At um, any time, Brett. If you want to ignore the those, on. If you want to ignore those messages, Brett, I encourage you. No, always a pleasure. Thank you, fellas. Thanks so much, Brett Angel, joining Thanks, us, Brett. the former Everton uh, forward, joining us, who, yes, did play, uh, was involved in that very, very famous game against Wimbledon when I think they came back from 2-0 down at half-time to win 3-2 and stave off relegation. Grant Halley, it's I've lost him now. He's, uh, you know, working on his multi. Shall we get to some of the nominations uh, for our Rob the Wrong Way competition? Thanks to the team at Rum and Q. We've got a wonderful uh, prize pack to give away. Experience Rum and Q's award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, and seasonings, absolutely perfect for any occasion. Uh, Brent uh, writes, Manchester City drawing and destroying five multis at the TAB. Uh, commiserations, uh, Brent. Brighton, pretty good side though, aren't they? Um, Zade here, Chelsea's rubbed me the wrong way. How can how they can't finish and can't score goals and got hammered by Manchester United four goals to one? Yeah, there's a lot of Chelsea fans who aren't enjoying life uh, right now, fair to say. Um couple of other messages have come through. One from Dave writes, Morning men, can we please have a tribute to Tina Turner, best ever singer-performer of a sporting theme song. Cheers, Dave. Go the Mighty Canes. I'm sure Ben will whip us up, up a track before we depart. Um, and here's a long one here. I do like these long ones. This one's from Aaron. Regarding Super Rugby, I like to see it uh, being played at the same time as the MPC. Use the MPC team as proper feeder teams for those Super Rugby clubs uh, and have our development players actually playing instead of doing all the pre-season training and then getting kicked out of the squad once Super Rugby is finished. Have the NPC teams as warm-up games before Super Rugby games. Thank you very much, Aaron. Do appreciate uh, your thoughts. Uh, keep your nominations coming through for Rub the Wrong Way, um, things that have wound you up as far as sport is concerned. Uh, why do we ask you this each week? Well, we love hearing from you. Um, and also, we want to give you some quality products from Rum and Q. Back after this break. Uh, Clado can't be too far away. It's 28 minutes away from one. 24 minutes away from 1 o'clock. After 1 o'clock, uh, the Good Oil uh, crew will take over. All going well. We'll uh, hear from Clado to preview what's coming up on his show. We've also got our sporting uh, tips you should run a mile from. Mm, I've just put the multi together. Yeah, How did last week's multi go? Oh, my word. I'm Jacob, so glad Jacob that you Spoonley are. Jacob Spoonley was our guest last week and our guest uh, tipster uh, as we try to accurately uh, guess the result of all 10 English Premier League games. From memory, I think Spoons kind of went out on a limb. He must have, because the odds, I mean, they blew out to uh, uh, 64,000 to one. So, and today the odds are, you know, a tenth of that. But 
the problem was is that when I look at it, I mean, I, I don't want to speak ill of our guests because it's great. Like we get the expert advice, but to get two out of ten, he entered the spirit of it. He, he, did. he was having a lot of fun with it. I, I'm not sure he, you know, it truly was had much conviction by some of the behind some of those picks. Yeah, I mean, there was a six dollar bet with Bournemouth versus Man United, for example. There's a four dollar fifty draw with Notts Forest and Arsenal. But I mean. You know, the f- he got the first one, Brentford, head to head. Not Forest beat Arsenal in the uh, end. So yeah, so uh, there's a lot, lot of crosses. So I've put that multi together now. Do we want to save that for tips you want well, to no, run, run a mile from? That's your choice, mate. It's yeah, your credibility so. on the line. I think so. I'm not but sure it, Ben Francis would be um, happy with a, a ten-legged multi that someone else picked on his behalf when he puts his. Well, I think out there, hey Ben, like, you have a little bit more respect for that segment. No, well, that's going to be my thing, getting the Maltese together. Yeah, well, basically, you've crowdsourced it to breed uh, Angel. Yeah, well, I want to get expert advice, don't I? Because I don't trust myself, and I don't think the listeners trust me. Now that you say that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Are experts always (laughs) right, though, Grant? Well, well, clearly not after last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm reviewing it. I'm just trying something different. I always used to go NRL, multi-picks. Multis are my thing because I think that, you know, it just gives you an opportunity to get a, a nice $10 bet on and win 640000 <laughs> Yeah, um, it, de- it definitely didn't come in because we're both here today. <laughs> uh, let's get to the workhorse of the week, the sporting uh, moments that have uh, whipped us up into a frenzy. People have worked hard to entertain. And my four nominees certainly did work very hard to entertain us. My nomination for workhorse four. of the week... Yeah, four of them. I, I think Ben can actually play the audio. I, I think. I think. Yeah, so here we go. Let's go to Malaysia. Grant, for the, I think for the first time we're talking badminton on this program. Okay, uh, the Japanese pair of uh, Nyo and Sakura up against Tan and Tina. Uh, the score is 16-14 to the Malaysian pair of Tan and Tina. By the way, the rally started. The rally started about 20 seconds ago. Uh, the first game went the way of the Malaysians, 21-17. The second game went the way of the Japanese, uh, 21-18. So, you know, all to play for. Grant. So, so they're pretty tired, aren't they? They're pretty tired. The rally's still going, by the way. Rally in the background. Turn it up, Ben. Just, just, just pump it up. So, hitting. Oh, there's a smash. There's another shot. Oh, oh, nice drop shot. They're still going. Still going. Oh, are they going to break through? No, they're not. <laughs> How are they going to break through? I'll, t- I'll give you a hint. They're not going to break through. They're not going to break through for a while. How, how far into this bit are we? About 50 seconds, Ben? We're a minute 10 in. How long does it go for? We're basically, we've finished the first of the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so the trilogy. Know, yeah, we're on to the Twin Towers. I think that was second. Fellowship of the Ring, Twin Towers, then it's still going. Incredible. They're starting to look a bit zonked now, aren't they? The legs are starting to get a little bit heavy. It's hard to, hard to sort of dig out those little drop shots. The energy sapping. Well, I learnt the new word, the dig. Yeah. Dig. Drop shot, smash. The this three rally shots. is still going. It's incredible. How, how, how far along are we, Ben Francis? A minute 50. Hold on. 
Here comes the end of the Twin Towers. The two towers. Wouldn't you just catch it and just walk off <laughs> and go and have a had drink of water? Joseph Parker had already won his fight by now and was, you know, getting hugs and adulation on Thursday night. But this is just one rally. This is one rally in Devils Badminton. This is what sport's all about, though, is not giving up. And you know who wants it the most. Miao and Sakura of Japan, Tan and Tina of Malaysia. Oh, this is an incredible, incredible rally. It's still going. And how far in, Ben Francis? How far in? Two and a half minutes, and guess what, Grant? We've still got a minute to go. Would this be like Super Rugby, We're where people start turning their no, TVs off? No! How could you turn your TV <laughs> off? It's incredible. Smash after smash, to, you know, drop shots. Somebody, somebody do something. Commentators, somebody, please, please, in this rally. <laughs> We've had three minutes, Grant. We've hit three minutes. I'm going to, in this next however long, I'm going to search what the world record is for a rally. Well, it's got to be this. This is unbelievable. He's pulled out the unbelievable, even though he's seeing it with his own eyes. This was the world record. New world record. Yes. And there it is. A drop shot by the Malaysian. Right-hand corner. And, oh, the Japanese woman, I think that's... Why didn't she do that earlier? She pretended to smash it and then drop shot at it. She was absolutely knackered, the Japanese python. There was Sakura, who's like lying <laughs> on the ground. We have to resuscitate her. Wow. Get the defibrillator out. Three minutes, 20 seconds by my count, and 211 shots. Grant Elliott? Yeah, that's exactly. 211 shots. The, my workhorse of the week. Absolutely. That was impressive. That's a well-deserved workman. Yeah. And, course. you know, badminton, outstanding. Yeah. I, I am so thankful I was not commentating that. Well, you, you gave me a goad commentating <laughs> Off tennis as well, and I didn't actually know how to commentate tennis. You know that I'm an excellent golf commentator. Oh, one, of, one of the best. <laughs> one of the better. One of the very best. Broadcasters. Of yeah. Golf. Well, he's got an eight-foot putt. Do I get to go for my workhorse of the week? Uh, probably now is a good time. Now is a good time. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was an incredible one because it's a world record. And there's not many people that have got world records. I've got two, three, <laughs> actually three. I forgot about the typing the alphabet, which still, I don't know why Guinness Book of Records haven't contacted me. Because Ben Francis hasn't, hasn't invited them yet because you haven't paid him. But it was... The alphabet with cricket gloves on in under 10 seconds. That was, actually, it. that was really impressive. Thank you. You you hosed that world record. Thank you, Daniel. Anyway. Um, my workhorse of the week is, it has to be Shubman Gill. Shubman Gill, um, listen to these in his last six innings. He's got 94 not out, <laughs> six, 101, 104 not out, 42, and 129 to take his Gujarat Titans. This is T20 cricket, final. ladies and gentlemen, boys. And it's girls. T20. It sounds like test match scores, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that is just incredible. Uh, the reason why he's my workhorse of the week is I met him in Hamilton. I mentioned it earlier on in the show. And when I met him, I thought, this guy has got an incredible head on his shoulders. He was young. He's 22, 23. And just the clarity of thought and the confidence that he exuded. 
I just thought was different to any other player I'd met. So irrespective of yeah. him as a cricketer, I just thought, wow, like he's got a great character for the game because I think that you have to be quite consistent and quite clear um, and also possess a lot of confidence in cricket to be able to produce consistency. And I think what we're seeing here, and I saw his double hundred when I went over India versus New Zealand, one of the most wow. exceptional innings I've ever seen in one day cricket. And I just think like he, this guy is a proper world beater. Yeah, he's had a heck of a week. That's a pretty good shout, Grant. Thank you very much. Workhorse of the week nominations down there. Uh, so, uh, Shuman Gill. And uh, to my, my, my favourite badminton players in the world, uh, the Japanese pair of Miao and Sakura and Tan and Tina. Mm. Thank you very much for that three oh, minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, I will never forget uh, all 211 <laughs> uh, shots are you know, vividly imprinted on my memory. The commentator, yeah. someone do something. Someone do something. <laughs> Put me out of my misery. Uh, back to the text line, Craig. Well, you're not wrong, Craig. That's all I'll say. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, Nick writes, what's rubbed me up the wrong way is the fact that the Greyhounds are still facing the axe. Figure the people, for God's sake, writes Nick. Uh, thank you. We'll put you in the draw too, Nick. Uh, everyone who uh, hasn't yet got into the draw, you've got about four minutes because we've got one last ad break, and that's generally the time we call time. So if you want to get into the mix to win some uh, wonderful products, thanks to Rummy Q, uh, what's rubbed you the wrong way as far as sport is concerned this week? Double eight, double three is the best way back after this break. The sporting tips you should probably run a mile from. The unmistakable sound. I played that for you. Because I'm the best. Yeah. You don't believe that, do you? <laughs> you are. You'd be the best broadcaster I've worked with. Well, you've only worked with me, though, haven't you? Yeah. You've only done a go. <laughs> but you Thank said you. that Kempi was the second best broadcaster, didn't you? No, I said he was the best. Oh, you said he was with, the best. That I've worked with. It was, you know, it was a bit of a, so then, a dig that I don't really believe, but that's how we roll on the show, don't we? So was that a dig at me? It was so a dig at you. my game. Yeah, that went over your head completely. I don't, Kempi why? got it, though. Ben, Kempi got it. Kempi laughed. I think Kempi got it. He did get it. You missed it. Yeah. It was a bit like Mitchell Johnson straight after the dinner break. Kind of missed it. Not Mitchell Johnson, Mitchell Stark. Mitchell Stark. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mr. by a long way. Yeah, Mr. by a long, long way. Bat's still coming down. Brilliant stuff. Um, okay. Uh, Reese from Kaurau uh, writes, Sports teams demands on sports field managers groundsmen when they have had so much bloody rain. Good on you, Reese. I assume that you're involved in that uh, industry. He has uh, entered the uh, rub the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only so much you can do, and there has been a whole heap of water falling from the sky around yeah, but New Zealand. They've got hybrid grass now, don't they? Now, now, like, Reese is not going to join your Everton fan club if you carry yeah. on down this path. Anyway, we should probably wrap up the show with the sporting tips you should probably run a mile from. Let's see if Grant Elliott, Ben France, is actually going to do some work himself, or is he, is he just going to crowdsource again? Ben, do you have one this week? I'd like to know how is New Zealand's number one, one New Zealand Warriors fan, feeling about taking on the mighty Broncos? Oh, yeah, looking forward to it. Should be a great game tonight. That's all I'm going to say about that because my my tip, and I've got to really think hard about this. In a perfect world, I would love for both uh, Leeds and Everton to get relegated, but I don't see that happening. So I'm going to go I'm going to go put my money on, uh, it's paying $9 on a relegation power play, and that's none of Everton, Leicester, and Leeds to win. Ooh. 
Ooh, I like this. Are you going to stay up and watch them? Should we all stay up and, you know, send messages to Grant? Maybe we could have a live stream. We could film it. I don't know. We could play it back on the show of us being really supportive friends to a side in a relegation battle. Just repeat that. So that was a, a power, nine bucks, was it? Yeah, nine dollars. None of Everton, Leicester, and Leeds to win. That's very nice. We'll get to Grand Alley at last. I'm going to go the aforementioned Brisbane Broncos up against uh, the New Zealand Warriors. Um, full coverage starting from 5.30 here on SCNZ. Uh, kickoff from 7.30. Uh, the Broncos have lost uh, three of their last four games without uh, the big fella. Well, a big piece of the puzzle, Mr. Pat Carrigan, who um, in the last two games without him have conceded 113 points. They, they decide to play a bit of touch rugby league when, when he's not there. So I'm going total match points. Notice this, Broncos fans, I'm not betting against us right now. Uh, total points over 43.5, paying $1.85. But, Ben Francis, we all know the Broncos are going to come out fizzing. They're going to come out fizzing. And they will lead at halftime, but the Warriors will win. So Broncos, New Zealand Warriors, that's what I'm going with for the half full-time double. That's paying 7 bucks. Wow. That... Warning, listener, an emotional hedge. An emotional hedge. Okay, well, I've got Everton's score in each half. Everton to have the most corners in each half. <laughs> and Bournemouth to have the most cards because they're going to get fired up because Everton is just going to be all over them. That's paying $12. And if you listen to the multi earlier, well, that pays $3,843.72. So throw a little tenner on it and you get 38000 $437 from it. Remember to bet responsibly and don't do a 10-league multi uh, featuring all EPL <laughs> games. Uh, Clado and crew are here. Thanks so much, Ben. Have a great week, Thanks, mate. Ben. Thanks, uh, listeners. Thank you, everyone. The Good Oil is up next here on SNZ. Ta-da. Four minutes away from one.